From Seoul, Korea, KBS World Radio News Today starts right now. On today's broadcast, schools across the nation begin their new academic year with entrance ceremonies held without the indoor mask mandate for the first time in four years. Seoul's Joint Chiefs of Staff Chair conducts an inspection of the ongoing South Korea-U.S. teak knife exercise. And the prosecution decides not to indict First Lady Kim Gun-hee over allegations of violating the anti-graft law. This is KBS World Radio News. I'm Tom McCarthy. Schools across the nation began their new academic year on Thursday with entrance ceremonies held without the mask mandate for the first time in four years. The beginning of the new school year comes after the education ministry announced a set of quarantine rules. Our Beju Yun has more. Elementary, middle, and high schools held on Thursday in-person entrance ceremonies that did not require students to wear masks for the first time since March 2019. In 2020, shortly after the COVID-19 pandemic broke out, the beginning of the school year was repeatedly postponed before the ceremonies were held online in mid-April, with the following two years featuring offline ceremonies that abided by a new set of social distancing rules, including mask wearing. As schools sought to resume their normal daily routines, the government has adjusted quarantine rules, including easing regulations on the submission of information in the self-diagnosis app. Under the new rules, entering such information is only recommended if a person is suffering from COVID-19 symptoms, has tested positive for the virus, or is waiting for PCR test results after a family member has tested positive. Also with the new rules, the standard temperature checks conducted on all students and faculty are no longer mandatory, while plastic dividers are not required in cafeterias. Although wearing masks indoors is no longer mandatory in line with the lifting of the indoor mask mandate in January, students will be obligated to wear masks on school buses. Schools must also maintain basic safety requirements, including regularly ventilating classrooms and reserving areas where students or faculty members showing symptoms of COVID-19 can be observed. The Education Ministry will provide schools with support for the next two weeks to help them adjust to the new rules, with plans to sign up to 58,000 quarantine personnel to schools and provide hand sanitizers and thermometers to lessen the burden of the mandates on schools. Pedro Kibis World, Radio News. Joint Chiefs of Staff Chairman Kim Sung-yum conducted an inspection on Monday of the joint South Korea-U.S. teak knife exercise that kicked off last week. The JCS said on Thursday that Kim reviewed operational execution procedures and troop battle posture in response to increasing provocations from North Korea, with this week focusing on honing the precision strike skills of South Korean and U.S. Special Warfare units using aerial firepower. This year's drill includes the first-ever participation of an AC-130J Ghost Rider gunship, which would be mobilized to conduct special operations against the North in the event of a contingency on the Korean Peninsula. The aircraft was deployed for teak knife to precisely strike targets using the AGM-114 Hellfire air-to-ground missile and the precision-guided munition AGM-176 Griffin, among other precision-guided weapons. The United States has imposed sanctions on three entities and two individuals accused of illicitly generating revenue for the North Korean government and party. The Office of Foreign Assets Control, under the Department of the Treasury, said on Wednesday that the sanctions target the regime's global illicit networks that generate revenue for its unlawful weapons of mass destruction and ballistic missile programs. 
Under the sanctions, transactions with the entities and individuals will be banned, and all of the property and assets in the U.S. connected to them will be frozen. The sanctions come about two weeks after North Korea launched a Hwasong-15 intercontinental ballistic missile. The Japanese government said that South Korea is an important neighbor with which Japan should cooperate to address various challenges facing the international community. In a regular press briefing on Wednesday, Japanese Cabinet Secretary Hirokazu Matsuno responded to President Yoon Suk-yeol's March 1st Independence Movement Day speech, referring to Japan as a partner that shares universal values and cooperates on security, the economy, and global issues. Matsuno said that Tokyo will closely communicate with Seoul to improve and further develop bilateral ties based on the friendly, cooperative relationship the two sides have built since normalizing diplomatic relations. In Wednesday's speech, Yoon said that Japan has transformed from a militaristic aggressor of the past into a partner that shares universal values with South Korea. You are now listening to the news from KBS World Radio's News Center in Seoul, Korea. The prosecution has decided not to indict First Lady Kim Gun-hee over allegations of violating the anti-graft law. According to the legal sector on Thursday, the Seoul Central District Prosecutor's Office reached the decision after probing suspicions that the event planning firm founded by Kim, Kovana Contents, had violated the law. The First Lady has been cleared of all charges related to the company securing sponsorship from 10 conglomerates for an exhibition in 2018 and from 17 top companies for an exhibition in 2019. The suspicions arose when President Yoon Suk-yeol was the head of the Seoul Central District Prosecutor's Office during the 2018 event and as Yoon was named Prosecutor General when the 2019 exhibition was being held. The decision follows an earlier dismissal by the prosecution of claims that Kim violated the anti-graft law back in December 2021 in relation to an exhibition held by Kovana Contents in 2016 with sponsorship from 23 companies, including Deutsche Motors. The government held an emergency meeting on Thursday to discuss flagging exports following five straight months of decline while the nation posted a trade deficit for an entire year. The Ministry of Trade, Industry and Energy convened the meeting chaired by Trade Minister Yi Chang-yang and attended by senior officials charged with exports and investment duties at 19 government agencies. Minister Yi said that all government agencies must exert all-out efforts to meet this year's export target of 685 billion U.S. dollars, a $5 billion increase from the government's initial objective set late last year. The meeting comes a day after the ministry announced that the nation's exports fell 7.5% on-year to $50.1 billion, posting negative growth for the fifth straight month. Industrial output increased for the first time in four months in January, but consumption declined for the third consecutive month. Statistics Korea said on Thursday that the index of the nation's overall industrial production came to 109.7 in January, up 0.5% from December's figure, which remained flat after declining for the two preceding months. However, retail sales, a key indicator of consumption levels, dropped 2.1% in January, falling for three straight months since November. As KBS celebrated its 50th anniversary on Thursday, President Kim Yi-chul called for innovation in order to fulfill the responsibilities of a public broadcaster. At a ceremony commemorating the 50th anniversary of the broadcaster's founding, Kim announced the 2040 vision for the company, 
highlighting the need to improve outdated laws and to adjust the TV license fees. Kim explained that the outdated laws do not recognize online services as part of the broadcaster's work, despite the global pervasiveness of the medium a decade ago, emphasizing the need for amendments to eliminate irrelevant regulations from the 1980s. He added that KBS will switch its system of production to focus on genre and target audiences, setting a goal for the reach of KBS content at 50% through multiple platforms. The benchmark Korea Composite Stock Price Index rose 15 points, or 0.62%, on Thursday to close the day at 2,427.85. The tech-heavy Kasdaq fell, however, losing 4.41 points, or 0.56%, to close at 787.19. On the foreign exchange, the local currency strengthened 7-1 against the U.S. dollar, closing the day at 1,315.61. And that's the news from KBS World Radio's New Center in Seoul. I'm Tom McCarthy.